This is the Brew World Order Podcast. Welcome to the Brew World Order Podcast. My name is Mike Curtin. If you haven't subscribed yet, well, you completely blew it. But you could totally redeem yourself by clicking that subscribe button right now. Coincidentally, this is episode number 45, and in this episode, I sit down with Greg Laird, co-owner of Parallel 45 Brewing Company in Independence, Oregon, and also co-owner of Cascade Brewing Company in Portland, Oregon. Greg talks to me about the complications of finding the right location to open, how they came up with the name for Parallel 45, and how they funded their business. He also tells us a funny story of how they sent some unusually watered-down sample beers to a potential customer. Between you and I, last night, I could have used some of those watery samples, because I have a monster hangover today. (laughs) No, no, but seriously, I do have a problem. But luckily, the answer to all our problems is a brand new episode of the Brew World Order podcast. So, sit back, crack open a beer, and enjoy the podcast. Hey guys, I'm Mike Curtin. This is the Brew World Order Podcast, and today I'm with Greg Laird, co-owner of both Parallel 4-5 Brewing in Independence, Oregon, and Cascade Brewing in Portland, Oregon. Greg Laird and Ryan Booth were both roommates at Oregon State University. Ryan began homebrewing as a college student while studying fermentation sciences and even took an introductory class to beer, wine, and spirits, while Greg studied business information systems. After graduation, the two stayed close friends. Ryan went on to working as a food scientist, and Greg worked in healthcare software product strategy for a consulting firm. One night, the two were out with friends when one of them asked when they were finally going to open a brewery together. That moment seemed to spark a flame as the two got to work. For two years, they searched for the perfect spot, and while Greg worked on the business end of things to make things work, Ryan worked on his brewing skills. They settled on an old firehouse in the town of Independence, Oregon, and in June of 2019, they opened their doors to the public as Parallel 4-5 Brewing Company. Not too long after opening, Ramey Mount, co-owner of Flyboy Taproom and a former co-worker of Greg's, had reached out to him to talk to him about a potential business opportunity. Art Lawrence, the owner of Cascade Brewing, had become friends with Ramey and had let him know that he was looking to sell the business that he had built and owned for over two decades. Greg agreed to become a co-owner of Cascade Brewing along with Ramey Mount and his Flyboy Taproom co-owners, Mark Becker and Brian Kovac. They officially became the owners of Cascade in April of 2020. And Greg Laird is here with me today. Greg, how's it going? Doing well. How about yourself, Mike? Not too bad, man. So, Thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for being on. Uh, so... Cinco de Micro Festival in Salem, Oregon was the first time you guys had put Parallel 4-5 beer out to the public, correct? Yeah, I guess it's been two years uh, to the day almost. Right. And uh, yeah, and today is Cinco de Mayo, so I just thought that that was pretty cool. So I just I just wanted to throw that out there. So how did you guys come up with the name for Parallel 4-5? Well, the 45th Parallel is uh, kind of a major icon uh, running through the middle of Oregon. So it's kind of the halfway marker between the equator and the North Pole. And we see a lot of businesses and things uh, related to that. So we were just talking in the early days about things that we could reference to kind of pay homage to where we're from um, and uh, kind of the, the area because the Pacific Northwest is, is a really big beer scene. Um, and, you know, we're staring at the 45th parallel and saying, hey, we should, we should totally use that uh, as a name of brewery. Nice. So when you guys first came up with that uh, idea, when you were out and somebody had said, look, you guys should open a brewery, um, 
from that moment that that was sparked uh, to the moment you finally opened your doors, what would you say was one of the hardest moments for you? So I, I would have to say it was definitely finding finding a location for right. the for that brewery to be in. It was it, it was just really funny when I we started the plan. I thought the hardest thing was going to be to sell the beer and get people to be interested in it. Uh, I think Ryan's done such a phenomenal job of making such a great product uh, that we haven't struggled with that uh, part of the business, but we were looking for probably a year for a different uh, locations in West Salem and uh, the whole Polk and Marion County areas um, until we found the place in Independence. And then it took about 18 months uh, to do all the construction work on the building and get it ready. So the just the amount of prep work going into setting up the, the facilities was a lot more than I ever expected it would be. Right. So you went from owning uh, one brewery, then uh, dealing with a COVID shutdown, then owning a second brewery all within a year. What do you think's been the biggest adjustment you've had to make during that time? And what do you think's the biggest lesson that you've learned? Well, I worked in the corporate kind of setting for 17 years in a consulting firm. And consulting is very fast paced and aggressive work so i was used to high stress levels and things like that right but the 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 brewery aspect and being something that's open to the public um and being an owner in the business uh, i definitely learned to be a little bit more flexible with my schedule and and how do i understand that you know some nights i get a phone call at 9 30 because of a post that was made and how do we want to respond to it or you know six in the morning we're starting a brew schedule for the day and so how do you know do we we have everything we need and if something's missing how do we go finish up the last uh details on it things like that so just having a a wider schedule than the typical eight to five uh, structure uh, and things in that setting just kind of being flexible to to pick up any any role i I think the the lesson learned is when you go into business for yourself um, and working in the small business from being a larger corporation is you, you need to be able to be willing to do any any job that comes up, right? Whatever whatever's needed by the business is the is the job that you need to be working on right, right then and there. So you kind of got to check some of the job expectations at the door and say, you know, we're going to do what it takes to be successful. Right. When it, you first opened Parallel Four Five, how did you go about finding the capital to fund your business? We did a combination of just infusing some of it from our own savings accounts. Um, but the majority of it was came from an SBA loan. So we did um, an SBA 7A, which is kind of a business startup loan. And that's really what we used to purchase the, uh, the brewing equipment. We had a, fortunately, there's five very well-known, if you, maybe more at this point in time, but back, back then there was you know, five really, really well-known and well-respected uh, brewery manufacturers, brew house manufacturers, just in the Portland, Oregon area. Right. And so we, it was great for us to just have such great resources right here um, and get to work with somebody local to build that. So um, that was an expensive project in terms of the capital expenditure, uh, but it was, it was great to be able to, to work with someone in our own backyard to, to build it out. So we used uh, the 7A funds to, to purchase that and then just some of our own money to, to put into the renovations on the building. Right. What's something you never thought when you were first opening, well, first becoming a brewery owner, something you never thought you were going to have to deal with? I never thought I was going to have to deal with. That's a great question. Well, I haven't, 
I haven't officially had a fight at the bar yet, but I've had <laughs> almost a fight um, at the at the bar. And you know, early on, I started when we first started opening, taking a few of the shifts to just be the bartender to pour the beers and, mm-hmm. and do that sort of thing. And having to calm a couple of people down a couple of times was definitely something I. I it doesn't surprise me now looking at it now that you'd have to do something like that as a bartender. But, right. Uh, walking into it, I was like, man, I. That was not on my list of things to be prepared for. <laughs> yeah, right. Dealing with drunk people that are angry. It's uh, yeah, <laughs> not something you, you put you, on the checklist. I think there's more more angry people. I mean, because if you could imagine, right, what are the kinds of things that are going to start a fight in 2020? It was a mask. <laughs> it was a mask. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's either an election or a mask, right? <laughs> yeah. Some things that start fights in 2020. <laughs> oh, boy. So, uh, what do you think is a, a quality that you possess that makes you a good business owner? I'm a, I, I like to think of myself as a, as a dot connector. I like to pay attention to everything that's going on and respond to, you know, what people are saying, right? What do our customers want and what are they, what are they telling us that they, that they need, even if they're not using the words directly right? Uh, to articulate what it is that they want, but just trying to pay attention to what's, what's happening and, and, and how can we differentiate ourselves and add value to our customers? Gotcha. So who do you think's inspired you the most in the beer industry? There is this very romantic nature to making beer um, in, a, in the craft setting. Right. Uh, this isn't a really high, you know, it's not a high volume production world. I mean, there's, and, and to watch what the brewers can do and in the case of Cascade, you know, what the cellar masters are doing and the cellar team is doing with the beers and in, in the barrels and that whole aging process. It's, it's so amazing to watch like everything that can go into these beers from the planning meetings where we're talking about them to the selection of the ingredients and the, the brewing process itself. And then, you know, final packaging of the product. I, I think that that is the thing I've, been the most excited about and honestly uh, the thing that gets me the most excited when i talk to other people like i I really want to share with them everything that goes into these uh into these beers and and what it takes to make them really get a great understanding of of the beers that you're selling yeah yeah it's not the same thing over and over again there's just there's a lot of nuance and and they take time uh you know the good the good stuff can take some time and uh, it's it's fun to it's fun to experience it, and then and then I love sharing it. I love, talk, I love talking to people about it. So, how do you define success? Well, you know, in the last year, it's stay in business. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, and in a uh, in a COVID <laughs> setting, yeah, for sure. Yeah, but uh, but you know, that, all jokes aside, I, I think that for me, I, I want a team that's happy and engaged. Um, I want the you know the, the people who work for the company to feel like they're part of a group that's, you know, contributing in a positive way to the, to the industry, um, that they get rewarding opportunities, uh, they get some, uh, you know, the, the satisfying jobs, uh, for them as well, uh, to be in here and then making a product that, that people enjoy. I mean, I think hearing somebody say that they, you know, they taste something in the beer or they, you know, they had they really enjoy it and they, they, you know, they make a comment about how good it is and it's their new favorite thing. Right. Um, it's like, God, it's so rewarding to hear that. I had uh, some folks that were, you know, out from, in from out of town and they were visiting the brewery down in Independence, Parallel 45. And they, 
you know, they went back home and sent, and sent me an email and was like, Hey, do you guys ship beer? Because I mean, this is the, um, you know, this is our new favorite beer. Really? And, you know, it's so awesome. awesome to hear like, Oh, that's my new favorite beer. Yeah. I'm sure that's an awesome feeling. No better feedback than, than hearing something like that. Yeah. Right. Dealing with the whole chaotic shutdown and everything like that. Um, in that moment from when you open your doors, you know, the whole building of your first brewery, purchasing of a new brewery, it's a lot to take on mentally. How important is a mental break for you? And uh, what does that look like? Oh, I, I, it's very important, especially when, um, the, when, when things were shutting down. You know, we saw we saw markets shut down, and this is it's interesting because for one, one brewery is really hyper local and and focused in just a couple of counties in, in Oregon and uh, with Parallel Forty Five and Cascades, a global uh, global company, right? right. We sell sell right. beer all over the world. Um, but some of the similarity is that you know these markets are are responding to the guidelines, right, that have been put in front of them, and and for a lot of the, our customers, that means everything's going to slow down, right? We're going to Things are going to shut down. Um, they're going to slow down. Um, and so purchasing as a result of that is going to go down as well. And so probably one of the hardest things for me was just the inability to, to do anything about that, right? There's nothing, there's nothing we could do to make the market like re- rebound. It was right. literally came down to just waiting, right? We just had to wait for sanctions to be lifted and, and rules to be lifted or people to figure out how they're going to operate their businesses, um, in, in some of these new models. I mean, obviously you probably heard this from a bunch of different breweries that you've talked to is a big shift from draft, uh, to package, right? right? Yeah. So bottles and cans, yeah. um, as a way to just be accessible to, to consumers. Cause if they can't go into the restaurants or the bars and you know, they're not going to buy, they're not going to buy uh, beer and draft and, not everybody's got a keg at their house. So no, you know, no. how do, how do you, how do you be available um, to them? But to your question about the, the mental break, you know, how do you, when, when, when there's nothing, when there's nothing else to do, right. When you're just work, work, you can't just like just busy work to try to keep yourself busy. Right. Um, I personally like to read um, and I listen to listen to books um, and I read books and that's definitely a great way for me to just kind of, develop myself and, and learn and grow. Um, and I also like to, to run and, and ride bikes. Um, although my partner at Parallel 45 told me I'm supposed to keep that under wraps because, you know, we're not, very people aren't necessarily the big worker outer type of people, but it, to me going out for a, for a nice run or bike ride or something like that definitely helps me kind of regain some composure and, uh, and some control. Right. Yeah, staying active is good for the mental, man. There's no doubt about it. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, so I love this question. What was one of your gateway beers into the craft beer world? Gateway beers? Yeah. Um, So this would be, you know, back in 2001. I'm going to give you two, I guess. Okay. Um, It was Fat Tire. Mm Mm-hmm. From New Belgium um, in 2001, it was like one of the first beers that came into Oregon in 22 ounce bottles, and and I was like, wow, this is this is something special. I, I guarantee they have to have changed the recipe on that beer between then and now. But back then, I was like, this is a 
this is amazing. And it was very different than a lot of things that were out there. Right. And then um, Lagunitas came out with their Maximus IPA. Oh, yeah. Around the same, Delicious. Well, it got into Oregon around the same time. Right. Because I had their IPA before, but then it was like, oh, whoa, a 7.5% IPA? That's crazy. <laughs> like, right, right. Why would, why would someone make a beer that big? <laughs> um, <laughs> and then, you know, we released a, a 10% double IPA uh couple of weeks ago so you know <laughs> yeah keep those are some of my favorites there's no doubt about it a heavy ipa i mean i like that just one or two is all you need and you're happy you know yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're content after that so the four of you have purchased uh cascade right you have yes. mark becker brian kovac uh ramey mountain yourself so what is the move now what does the future look like for cascade is there any big changes happening or is it kind of like more of the just staying consistent and slight changes well i think from an from an organizational structure like the people who work there uh, and and what what we want to you know, the, the workforce and and what we're trying to do you're going to see a lot of the same right i mean we've got a great team in cascade um, some very talented people and that and we you know we want them part of the team. They want to be part of the team. Uh, it's been a year already, and and everybody I think is still fairly well engaged, and, and we're having a we're having a good time. Um, I would say, you know, Cascade I think has has built a reputation over the last couple of decades as being an innovator in the beer space, um, and so I would say there's going to be more of that. Um, so there's we we want to continue to be innovative. Uh, in this space and so what that should feel like to consumers is new stuff right like we're we want to continue to play with it i think there's we we've had a return to some of our core offerings um our blueberry beer the creed beers that just recently came out you know we really tried to go back to how do we make those the best they can ever be uh, and so you know a lot of local fruit out of the pacific northwest is great base products for us to be adding into those beers right. and get the volumes up to the point where they're, you know, the tastiest that they can be. And, and just have been really happy with, with where those are going. So they, and they're similar to what we've done in the past, but really just f- a focus on quality, a focus on kind of being a premier kind of brand and, and product offering in that space. Um, so we want to continue to do that. We've got some ideas for some other kind of newer stuff. Uh, we've had a couple conversations with uh, bartenders, guilds, and different folks, and how can we do some more like cocktail-inspired uh, beers? Maybe even do some stuff in the still beer setting right. uh, that that we'd like to do. So hopefully, it doesn't feel all that different in terms of what Cascades uh, been able to do in the past, but hopefully, it's also still exciting, right? So some of these new things that we that we put out are are still going to excite people. And, you know, show them what a what a complex barrel aging program you know, can really put out there. Right, for sure. So uh, if somebody had come to you and asked you advice on opening their own brewery, what advice would you give them? Probably meet with me for beers for a couple of different times uh, and, and talk it through. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I think that so this is, a lot of this is perspective from a, from a guy who lives in Oregon. Right. right. It has a lot of breweries. There's a lot of craft brewing in, in Oregon. And I think, you know, my, my experience is now a small uh, craft brewery in, in Independence, which is a little bit more of a rural town uh, in Oregon. I grew up in a town of 5,000 
people. So to me, that's, you know, that's home. Um, and, and I love that. I love that place. And then Cascade's just a much bigger, uh, venture. Um, but it's, but it's a very unique kind of distinct product. Um, and so I think that that's the, the advice that I would have is, is around those, right. Is, is, is it, does your community have, have a need, uh, for this and, and how do you best meet, meet that need? And, and as your community, you know, what do you want your community to be? Do you want your community to be a couple of counties uh, in your state or do you want it to be global or somewhere in between? Right. And, and just really trying to figure out how do you, yeah, how do you, how do you build something that, that people are going to, are going to really want and, and enjoy? Gotcha. So did you happen to have a funny story for us? Yeah. So there's a, probably the, the biggest fear I've had, uh, being in, in the, in the beer space is there's this fear of like, I put my beer into these packages and then I distribute it out to the rest of the world and, and something bad happens to it. Right. That's probably like the, the biggest fear is that right. something yeah. has happened and it's, but it's already out there, right? It's, it's out there and there's nothing you can do about it. I mean, oh. you can, you can get it back. You can go through all the energy and effort that it takes to do that. But that's, that's probably one of my biggest fears. So very early on in my time in, in Cascade, we had, um, we had this situation where one of our, our guys, um, had, had grabbed a couple of sample beers to take out to a couple of potential customers. And we had this new, new place, um, that had just put a couple of kegs on tap and there's a local place and we were excited about them and, and dropped off a few samples. And one of them was, you know, one of Cascade's like flagship beers, right? This is our bourbonic plague in 2020. It was number rated the number three beer of the year by a uh, wine enthusiast. So great flagship beer for us. Phenomenal product. Um, two years in barrels, uh, you know, dark beers, lots of flavors, right, just right. A, a, a wonderful product. And after dropping off these samples, we get a phone call later and the person tells us, uh, you know, I haven't had this vintage yet, but uh, this beer seems a little light. Like maybe there's, not so quite right with it and we all start freaking out like oh my gosh what's happened and so we go back to where the samples were and we grab a bottle open it up and pour it out and it's water there's water in the bottle what (laughs) (laughs) it turns out that somebody from one of the, the, the one of the restaurants was hoping to get some sample bottles that they could stage so we so they looked full and they had the cork and cage on them and they, you know, so they looked good and everything like that, but they were just going to put them on display uh, in, uh. in a section of the restaurant as part of the deal. <laughs> so they had filled up a case of beer uh, with water and then somebody had grabbed that case and put it on the sample shelf and like unpacked it on accident. So the good news is it was only one case of beer, but the bad news is, is that this poor guy uh, grabbed out that case and started handing out his samples and, managed to only have grabbed the bottles that were full of water and we were all freaking out at that point in time thinking that we had just filled (laughs) hundreds of cases with uh with water and shipped them around the world drink the whole case and you won't even get drunk (laughs) that's right (laughs) slight panic moments like that uh always add some levity (laughs) i'm sure i'm sure it happens so i have a segment called quick fire five five quick questions beer related you ready i'm ready all right considering you have two breweries one from each that you'd recommend someone try 
beers from the the two different ones. Yes, one beer okay. from uh, one beer from me. Parallel right. forty five. I would say try our Radiation Vibe IPA. Okay. And then from Cascade, I would say try the twenty twenty Creek. All right. Favorite brewery other than your own? I. I really liked it's, it's, it's a few years back, but I um, I really enjoyed uh, my time at Maui Brewing Company. Maui, yeah. Okay. Um, favorite style of beer? More and more, I'm I'm really into German lagers. German lagers. Uh, been really happy with Hellas Martins and Schwarz beers. Gotcha. It's kind of a go-to. Barrel-aged, imperial, or both? Uh, yeah, you can do barrel-aged imperials, right? You sure can, yeah. <laughs> what do you prefer? Uh, I, I think that um, the barrel-age, I, I would have to pick it. I, I think that um, the oak just imparts a new new kind of complexity uh, to the beer that I take over imperial. Okay. And you have one keg of beer to hold you over for a two-week quarantine. Which beer are you choosing? By style or or actual like your beer a- actual beer. You're 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 quarantined for two weeks, and uh, you have a keg of beer. Which beer is it? Dang, these are great questions. <laughs> <laughs> I think I go with Feats of Strength, which is uh, a Martin. Okay, good enough for me. Well, Greg, that's all I have for you, man. Well, Mike, thanks a lot for the time. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. I'm Mike Curtin for the Brew World Order Podcast, here with Greg Laird, co-owner of Parallel 4.5 and co-owner of Cascade Brewing Company. Thanks, man. Thank you. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for listening to my interview with Greg Laird, co-owner of Parallel 4.5 Brewing Company, Independence, Oregon, and co-owner of Cascade Brewing Company in Portland, Oregon. Whether you're passing through, you live in the neighborhood, or just visiting a friend nearby, you should definitely check both of them out. Also, give them all a follow on social media. Every other Sunday, I'll be releasing a new episode, so subscribe, and you'll never miss one. Also, check us out on social media, because it's just the right thing to do. I'm Mike Curtin for the Brew World Order Podcast. You stay safe out there.